Right on. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Hanging out with you mechanical maniacs right here from one of the premier trade schools in the country, the East Valley Institute of Technology, where you can get your hashtag skill set on, baby. All kinds of programs, collision, mechanical, technical, everything is right here. But first, on the Wrench Nation, we got to pay homage to the trumpets, baby. Always enjoy spending it with you guys. Big shout out to our podcast family on Sunday, our KFNX 90.7, 88.7. You guys rock, man. We've heard from you. If you're new to the show, Automotive Lifestyle, yes, we'll throw in some car tips. You've said, right, we need more car tips. <laughs> we'll do that. Uh, you know, we want to give you as much value. And quite frankly, you guys help us steer the ship, man. And we're always uh, humble. Uh, get on a Wrench Nation dot TV, of course. Mr. Greg Ovis with G's Up in studio. Thank you, brother. Always uh, good Absol- to hang with absolutely. you, man. Absolutely. It's great being here. You drive. I'm going to just let the people know. You you got an hour drive. Oh, yeah. It's not easy. It's not close. Yeah. And I appreciate I appreciate that. Big shout out to Susie Sockets in the garage. She's not been on the show for a while, gang. Uh, I'll just be real. You've heard yeah, me talk about what's it. What's up with her? We're very busy. Uh, always grateful for that. But when I tell you guys, the shortage of skilled technicians is real. It is. I mean, I'm in the back bays dealing with 50 million lines of code trying to diagnose <laughs> drivability. I have fun with that. It's all it's all good. In business, you do what you got to do. We miss yep. Susie. But the priority, guys, you've heard us say that. She's got to hold the fort down with the team over there. And so we're hopeful to get her back on soon. Yeah, well, we miss her big time. Yeah, I mean, we got a squad. Guys, listen, uh, I want to just bring this out before we announce uh, this week's uh, show topic and guest. Uh, we'll be out in Vegas well, it's big Vegas. This month is Vegas. That's the concourse. Las Vegas concourse. Right. Uh, James Hetfield, Metallica. Of course, yeah. he won't be in-house. His collection on loan from yeah. the Peterson Museum. We'll be out there uh, doing some live coverage. Of course, live meaning Facebook Live on our Wrench Nation channel. But we are going to bring that to you guys. A lot of you can't make it to Vegas. Of course, there's EDC is in-house. <laughs> All these... Uh, it's 50,000 additional people. Hotel rates are ridiculous. <laughs> Crazy now. high. Um, but we'll be out there, so look for that. Big shout-out to Las Vegas Concourse. They do an amazing job. There is a, a ton of charitable tied into that. And Stewart's done a great job putting that together. This is his second year. Yeah. Um, you guys can, if you have interest last minute, uh, from Thursday, of course, the big show is Saturday. Uh, Thursday and Friday, there's some, uh, I think we're meeting at the Shelby Museum there for a good time. So you guys can get on to uh, Las Vegas Concours. I always pronounce the S. Yeah. I ain't French. I am not fancy. (laughs) Concours. It's Concours. It's going to be a great event. I got to be careful. There'll be some uh, international people in house. Yeah. Well, do you know French? Je parle un petit français, mais je ne parle pas beaucoup. Whatever. I'm just some dude from New York with a bad accent, please. <laughs> but, Greg, we're honored to, uh, you know, the show, guys, uh, you know, whether we're talking about uh, Sean Mathis, uh, Miles Through Time Auto Museum, yep. or whether we've had Magnus Walker on, or we've had some of you rock star shop owners that listen, uh, which we have a Buku admiration for, slaying it in the service bays. We're honored to bring to you... Uh, such an amazing talent and big shout out to the team at Ken Diggett design. You know, one talent doesn't count to make it count. That talent brings on a collective. Yeah. Multiple talents. Multiple. And with an eye of automotive art and style, bringing some of the world's most illustrious and spectacular vehicle restorations and unique custom designs. We're honored to have Dave Ken dig from the great, can dig it design will be at SEMA as he has been for many years. Yes, he is. We're going to pick the man's creative brain on all fronts. And we have so many great questions. We're already going to run out of time. Yeah, <laughs> man. That's when you wish it was Lucy goosey three hour podcast yeah. over a couple of beers. <laughs> but uh, you guys, please get on to uh Ken dig it design all over social media website. Of course, we'll pop that up again throughout the show. Um, and just peruse that. Of course, not while you're driving, Maniacs. You know, just if you're at home listening, what have you, or re- uh, re-listening. A lot of you know Dave from uh, Bitchin', Bitchin' Rides Motor Trend, which we are definitely going to talk about. A respected show. Yeah. Get into the business of creation. No drama TV, man. 
Nope, none at all. Creation and ingenuity is just amazing. Absolutely, and pushing the envelope. Yeah. I, I think a good creative does that. They they may take on a project, um, and they're hungry for it, but they they want to make sure that they're paying homage right to history. Or, Greg, you see this in your business. Give the client what they're asking for. How many of us miss that? Yeah, it's hard. Sometimes the clients don't know which direction to go. And so we're going to dive in on Dave's journey, uh, his team at Ken Diggett. Uh, You, Greg, have some pulse. I have a pulse. (laughs) Well, to the auction world, uh, as a a concierge, and of course, I remind you guys, get on to gsup.com if you're thinking about buying or selling your hoopty. Uh, respectable concierge service, G-E-E-Z-U-P.com. Boy, that's a tongue twister. It's a hard one. <laughs> but you're out there. Greg, what's happening in the uh, in the classic well, car market, man? What what's I'm, shaking? What I'm seeing right now is in the market for Chevelles. You know, everyone loves the Chevy Chevelles, and that market right now is growing. A lot of people don't know that, but 2022, it's going to get even better. So if, you're having, if you have a 66 to 72 Chevelle and you're thinking about selling it, Now's the time to consider consigning it at an auction. Um, to give Frank and Dana Meekum a little plug right here, they've sold 67 Chevelles at the last three auctions. And it's it, the, the Chevelle market just keeps growing. And right now, the 68 Chevelle is the most desired one. And the price and sale price of that car has gone up 39% just from last year alone. So this Chevelle well, market... Well, I got I to ask you because, it, I mean, the market's on fire. Some is. of that fire we need to tame. A little bit. Oh, inflation, things like that. It's a whole nother, uh, this is not a financial economic (laughs) show, but we know, you guys know listening, you've seen increase in prices and things. Oh, yeah. But I think it reverts back to some of the language regarding autonomous EVs. Um, So I think the classic car market, that intrinsic value is just going to get sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. Better and better. We definitely got to ask Dave, because I'm sure he is seeing clients that come in and, and, and maybe saying, wow, I never knew that particular platform would have some value and yeah. protect listen guys you 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 put money towards a restoration it's an investment i, I don't care if you said hey i'm just gonna cruise on a saturday still with mama and and the kids in the back and you still want to protect the investment and not buy bad you know we've got several shows on that whole thing um so i i, I do got to ask you then greg Aside from inflation and everything else, cheese, bread, milk, my snap-on tools, I love your snap-on. You guys are getting more expensive, but that's okay. We love you. Our tool addiction. Um, Can it be attributed to more of future ice going away? Is that what's giving us value? I mean, what's your take on that? Um, Well, I don't know about that. I don't think the value of these cars are going to diminish, like you said. It's going to continue to grow year after year. A lot of people now are spending money since they were held off during COVID, so they're hungry to buy a That car. demand, yeah. But, yeah, I don't see it dying down at all. So if anyone has a 68 Chevelle, a 71 or 72, those are the most desired right now. If you're thinking about consigning, clean them up, get them going. Yeah, and Greg is here to help you. Uh, get on over to G-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z
and it's completely off the website. See, that's Escobar-ish, It didn't man. say it was that's sold. Like, it didn't show a sale price, and it, nothing. It just completely it went disappeared? off the radar. Just dark. I'm thinking DEA. I know I know you DEA agents. You're driving this stuff before it goes to auction. Yeah. So it was hey, a, wait. Let me drive it a little more before. So it just adds to the story, the mystery. It does. Yeah. So somebody bought it and went hush-hush. Could have been, you know, dis- disclosed buyer yeah. didn't want the provenance of everyone knowing he had it but it's definitely like mia and gone i can't even find out what it sold for <laughs> yeah i just I, I just wonder how like like who makes the decisions for that like escobar state whatever they're fractured whatever their stuff they you know i mean i mean escobar he's they his estate has enough money i mean do they where's this car sit and who makes the decision right i mean the dea owns it i would imagine i mean i'm going back to miami vice days watch i don't know if that's really how they work the business but it is it's fascinating to me like where do these cars live and who is the fun who is the final guy or gal to say all right we got to sell escobar's porsche yep so i'm I'm still gonna keep hunting for it but right now it's mia yeah big shout out wade kawasaki meekum auctions uh they do an amazing job i look forward to working with them uh over the next few months this is auction season people Um, if you're new to this whole arena, let's say that you're getting a bonus and no, you don't have a quarter of a million dollars to spend. We get that. Yep. Most don't, right? Let's just say that. Remember, get the car inspected. Auctions are here. One of the things that you guys will do, I do it. You go to an auction, you get you get that sizzle. It's overwhelming. If you're in Vegas, they're pumping oxygen in you. <laughs> I mean, you know, this, and so we lose... We lose track. Stay focused. And it's always best if, if you're spending money. Nothing wrong with having your good buddy slash consultant to be out there with you yeah. to make sure. Because I will tell you, I've seen it in the garage. I've seen bad buys. And it's so hard. You don't want to crush people. No. But you also want to, you know, let them know. Yeah. When going to an auction, you have to have, you know, all your ducks in a row. You know, yeah. checking VIN paperwork, history of the car, quality of the car. Don't buy them on a motion. And come in with a plan and stick to it. Yeah, no doubt. RanchNation.tv, get on over there. Uh, podcast, uh, some of you had some questions on the technical side, and I appreciate you guys, whatever soup is your platform, Spotify, wherever you guys are at. It seems, well, maybe not in the desert, although we are getting cooler here for sure. Like overnight, I went to California. It was cool. I came back. I left Arizona. It was 110 or whatever it was. I went to California briefly, did some stuff, came back. It's like, all right, California blew on over this way. It just happened like overnight. But a lot of you preparing for the heat in your cab. And some of you get into trouble. It's not difficult on most vehicles to flush out a heater core. You're prepping. You're going to check your hoses, things like that. But some of you get into the trap of an air pocket or bubble. Is a bubble floating around in the circulatory system of that coolant. Hey, it happens to us in the garage. I mean, we've got some stuff, some tools, you right. know, uh, to, to enforce and force that. Imagine if doctors did that. I would love that. <laughs> hey, uh, we found a bubble, which is not good. If you've got right. a bubble in an artery. You're in bad shape. You're in bad shape. But could they be as sophisticated as us in the service bay and flush that, flush that bubble out of there? <laughs> but be aware of it. A lot of you guys are flushing out your heater cores. And remember that, the highest point to your engine is kind of where that bubble needs to pop itself out. So think about that. You know, every car's a little, we had the Dodge Viper in, gave us a hard time. We Did finally, it? oh yeah, I named the air pocket. What'd you name it? Bubble Billy. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, Bubble Billy, get out of this situation. I mean, it was bad. My poor master tech there, Tom, big shout out, Tom. And I mean, we struggled with that. Wow. It but we got, we got it done. It's, it, you know, it's like, a lot of you may lose sleep. I Come on, I don't care if you're 30, 40 years in the industry. I don't lose sleep. I've been doing this forever. No, man. Sometimes no. Billy Bubby, Bubbly. He, he, he keeps you up it, at night. He keeps you up at night. But we got it. <laughs> so just be aware of that. Make sure. Of course, you're going to idle it afterwards. Make sure temp is good at idle. Right. You're going to cruise it. You're going to make sure temperature is good to go. And it may not reveal itself right away. Sometimes I've seen that too. Typically, air pockets will. You'll you'll see an increase. So, of course, if you can't handle it, um, and it just is keeping you up at night, get on over to our friends section. We got a great group of rock star uh, automotive technicians, community minded, all over the country. 
or give us a shout out uh, yeah. at the garage, Desert Car Care, listed all over line. Uh, bring in both technology, man, and old world craftsmanship. The team at Kindigit Design have established a no nonsense approach to some of the world's yeah. most renowned vehicles. We're honored to have Mr. Dave Kindig. He's going to join us. You guys stay tuned, Ranch Nation. I want my mileage back. Of course you want your mileage back. And all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon. Your car needs its fuel system cleaned, and it needs it now. You need BG44K. It's the one dealerships use the most. In fact, they use BG44K almost 3 to 1 over any other fuel system cleaner made. To find a shop near you, go to BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. I got my mileage. Bolt-on Technologies, automotive software solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-on Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports, including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Well, listen up. I'm talking to you about one of the premier auto parts superstores in the country, Parts Authority. One of the biggest problems that we can have in a modern-day garage is when our parts don't arrive on time or the quality of our parts are just not there. The Parts Authority, auto parts superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counterfolk, national program, quick delivery, AC Delco, Monroe, Parts Authority, auto parts superstore. If you're an installer or own a garage, you need to check Check out PartsAuthority.com. Over the years as a service operator in the automotive industry, owning my own shop, boy, that's a lot of responsibility. Well, if you're part of a network, a network that truly makes a difference by the way of the programs it has, like a nationwide warranty, roadside assistance reimbursement, and customer retention, targeted marketing, well, that's going to put you in a different league. You are now armed up and ready to go with a network of other shop owners throughout the country. And by the way, the technical training is stellar and top-notch. Get your technicians to actually train on their time 24-7 with an amazing slew of technical training programs. The Pronto Smart Choice Service Center program is something I invite you guys, if you're in the automotive industry, take a peek at it. Pronto-net.com. Pronto-net.com. Right on, welcome back, Wrench Nation. Get on to wrenchnation.tv. We know you guys can dip in and out, uh, hang with it on your time, your leisure, over beer, orange juice, mowing the lawn, whatever you do. And by the way, lawnmowers, California. Man, they, they're after ice, Greg. Lawnmowers are going to be like gas. We cannot sniff gas any. We cannot smell fumes. We cannot. They're getting rid of it. Can't do it. I'm saying, how's that look? That's where it's going. Is the mechanic going the way of the elevator, man? <laughs> I like to joke around with that. Uh, to help us navigate some of the critically acclaimed, uh, gosh, man, from the Maybelline 58 Greg Lincoln oh, Continental. Man. That's a great one. To one of my favorites, man. I love the history of that future liner. Yep. Now, what do these cars have in common? The builder. <laughs> I always like to attribute the builder, the designer, <laughs> to such a great team. And we've got uh, Dave Kindig, Kindigit Design. Dave, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Frank and Greg. Great to be back with you guys and talk to you. Yeah, yeah. welcome. Yeah, we had Mr. Lockwood on, and boy, oh boy, uh, the sense of camaraderie and team. And we definitely want to dive into that because we have a lot of shop owners, whether they're doing retail uh, OE type work or we have fabricators and stuff. And we want to touch upon that. But, man, we got to go back in time. We always got to reset and find out what was the Dave Kindig juju early years. <laughs> I mean, was it Erector Sets? Was it who, who kickstarted that passion and drive, man? Legos and Hot Wheels, man. Oh man, you know I have more friends on the Lego thing than I, than you can imagine. Legos will go away. I'm still a geek. I, I've just completed uh, three eight scale supercars. I got the GT3 Porsche. I've got the Lamborghini and also the Bugatti. Wow, so it doesn't. I'm kind stop. of a junkie for that stuff, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna change. Yeah, and back in the day, uh, you know, we go we go from this point, like all of us, you know, on our little trajectories of life, and we're trying to. It's ugly in the beginning. We're trying to find our sweet spot. I got to ask you, Dave, because there's a lot of folks listening that get the, you can't do this. Right. How, like, how did you, Dave, overcome that? I'm sure you had some negative vibes. How did you 
keep yourself straight and skinny and on well, course? You know, that's a great question. And actually, um, really, it, it comes down to I didn't really have much to lose. <laughs> understand. So, you know, I, I, uh, I, I went to work every day for high-performance coatings for eight and a half years. I really enjoyed working for Jeff, uh, doing the ceramic coatings on exhaust systems. And, uh, you know, but, but I found myself getting noticed with my design work. Um, I learned how to do graphics uh, from watching other people do it, and metal shaping, and welding, and mm-hmm. paint, and body work, and mechanical. And I just, I, and I kept drawing cars, and then pretty soon my cars were standing out, and people wanted me to work on theirs. And pretty soon I convinced my wife after probably, I don't know, a good four or five years saying, hey, I want to quit my job and just draw cars and sell parts. And she thought that was silly. And we had our first, uh, our first uh, child, which was Bailey. Uh, she's 25 now, still works for me. And uh, we were about to have my second kid, uh, Drew, uh, three years later. And uh, t- <laughs> two weeks after he was born, she let me quit my job with a house payment, car payment, $4,800 out of my 401K. Wow. And uh, started my business out of my garage, and I never looked back. That's powerful. A lot wow. of folks, a lot of folks uh, are passionate and when they're at that point, I got to ask you, Dave, because a lot of people right now, they're at that point. Uh, well, I'll just even say in this economy, I don't look Madison Avenue said the great resignation. I mean, yeah, <laughs> there's a shortage of skilled labor in in all sectors. But how did you as a creative? Sometimes we struggle with, OK, the business side of this. How did you make I mean, how did you convince yourself? I mean, you got to believe in yourself for sure. But to me, that's like a defining point. For many, including yourself, of saying, you know what, I got kids, I got overhead, I got a small investment, but I'm going for it. Like, mm-hmm. how did you, how did you kick it in? I, like I that? look at it the same way that somebody starts a, triath- uh, a triathlon, and that is that if you're going to go and put yourself on the starting line, you should really accept the fact that you you might fail, but if you don't really consider that and, and jinx yourself, you just keep running until you get to the finish line. Whether you came in first or last, you still did it, right? True. Yeah, and uh, and I I guess I've always just kind of looked at that as that, uh, you know, I was the only one that could really, in in all essence, I was the only one that could actually stop me from accomplishing the things that I wanted to do with Man, my life. That's so true, dude. Yeah. That's solid. Uh, I, think, I mean, that's uh, George I mean, McCoy yeah. said it best. You know, yep. yeah, <laughs> to Marty, and maybe that's where I got most of my my drive, and that was all of the one-liners <laughs> that I just absolutely love from uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, I mean, but that those one-liners, <laughs> man, keep us keep us uh, on a foundation. For sure. It reminds me, uh, Dave, we had our first shop in 95, mm-hmm. and it was X amount of dollars a month, and we sold it. We needed a bigger place. And so my wife and I are standing out there in front of this new Taj Mahal, and we're like, holy cow, it's five times as much. So I, You know, my drive was, hey, honey, it's just money. They can't take the breath from us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes a lot of you listening, you, you, I mean, yeah, there's got to be a plan. You got to have some inside. You, you definitely got to have that. And, and I admire that, Dave. And so now the next step, and we're going to talk about some of these great cars that you put together from paper, pen to the team in the back and all these great SEMA uh, reveals, like, how did you then, you knew that you had the talent, paper, pen, design, eye, bam, translation, to metal, what have you. How did you then start to think about building other people? Because you, a lot of people admire your show. A lot of people admire just your humble place where you come from. Yeah. And you've built a team. How do you convey what you do and grow others is the question. You know, I, uh, that's a great question, and I've always, I've always hoped to inspire other people to, to live their dream, whether it's, you know, and unfortunately, uh, no, it's not really unfortunate, but I found myself, as a lot of other business owners have, that uh, this last year and a half has changed the way people think about going to work, whether they wanted to still go to work for somebody else or just, hey, I'm gonna, I had enough time to think about it. I'm going to start my own business. And, and, uh, but to have the guys and gals that I have working for me right now that haven't taken the jump and went and lived their own dream, and I, I really don't hold that against anybody necessarily because, you know, I mean, I did it. I, I worked for somebody that really probably quite appreciated the amount of time that I spent, uh, you know, working for them and making them money and, and whatever, and I took care of my family. But it was just one of those things where I had to jump and go do it. Uh, but the ones that I still have here, I, I just really try and take care of them. Uh, they trust what I do. They've, they've, you know, Will has been with me. I think he's 18 years now. Yeah. Uh, Valerie's, uh, I think, just uh, right behind him with only a couple months difference. 
Uh, Kevin's pretty much been here since day one. I fired him a couple times because he talked about selling his boat, and I don't want to buy one. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, no, he's just, you know, and he cares about my business as if it was his own. Um, and uh, I've still got Pringles, sit, you know, down here, and I've got, I've just got wonderful people. Brandon running the body shop, and, and I've got just yeah. great people. They've had to, I've had to make some changes and make some, you know, replacements because I had a, a mass exodus in the last year and a half, which a lot of people dealt with. Uh, and I just, I never, I didn't get down on myself, and I didn't get down on the situation. I know what kind of cars we build and what kind of business we run. Yeah. And it was one of those things where it's like, well. If this is what's next, this is just what's next. We'll just deal with it. Just, uh, you know, it's it's no different from the first time you win the, the major prize and you now stand out to everybody. And uh, it's no different from when you bought my first building or my second building or my, my dream home or my, my favorite car. Uh, it's just one of those things where you work really hard and then you realize, hey, I did it. And having these people that are so committed to, to still working with me and, and living the dream with me uh, is absolutely priceless. I couldn't do it without them. One of the things that you've done really well, and uh, Buku respect, uh, many of us in the industry really look up to not only the, the, the quality, uh, sort of the attention to detail for sure on some of these great creations, but man, you, you actually gave TV a no-nonsense, and with all due respect to all networks yeah. and all studios out there, really just, you know, at the end of the day, answering to an audience that they feel there's a marketplace for, Dave, you and the tribe said it right and you have had such great tenure with bitch and rides that's no easy accomplishment um how did you start your journey and and more importantly if i can ask what kind of decisions did you make up front for you and the tribe that would protect the process protect the family protect the end result of your great attention to detail and the tribe's attention to detail because we know tv can switch it up there's some there's some drama tv and i want you to speak on that because you got a lot of fans sure. listening you may have a few new youngsters that are new to the and they're tired they've shut the tv off yeah they're tired of the they didn't they didn't find bitch and rise they're watching i'm just gonna tell you they're ruining it because a lot yeah. of these kids are watching this and like man i'm not gonna be able to yeah. build through that engine in 20 you know i mean it's yeah. just not realistic talk to us about how you kept the sanity for the tribe, and stayed on course to the mission of Ken Diggett Design. Well, you know, uh, I was a guest on multiple other TV shows, including Hot Rod Television, SEMA Coverage, Low Car TV, My Classic Car, and Car Crazy. But I was always a guest on somebody else's. And when we had the opportunity uh, to, to have a TV show, uh, it was kind of funny is that how that actually happened, is that we put out a media blitz that we were getting an opportunity to build a GM Futureliner for Rick White. And uh, it just so happened across the desk of Bob Scanlon and, uh, Scanlon and Dave uh, Lee, uh, the big wigs at the Velocity Channel, and they were familiar with the other uh, episodes of different shows that I'd been on because they'd you know aired a lot of those. And they were like, okay, this guy builds these high-end hot rods. What is he doing doing a restoration <laughs> on GM Futureliner? And that's when they reached out and actually sent down uh, uh, Fisher Productions, which is still our production company to this day. And we did a sizzle reel, and they loved it. The next part of that was that I just wanted to make sure that we weren't going to turn this into keeping up with the Kardashians yeah. in the sense that I have no interest in throwing a wrench and making up a bunch of stuff. I'm in the business of building great cars and, and having that camaraderie with my uh, uh, guys and gals that work for me that we want to go to work and build great cars and have fun. And we're going to, we're going to joke with each other. We're going to have a great time. And uh, Fisher Productions was super kind. And so was uh, uh, Velocity then, but Motor Trend now to let us be ourselves and don't make up a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And, and, and that really has worked out to where legitimately the, the clowning around and the, and the camaraderie that you see and all of the, you know, the, the playing around and stuff, that's just us. They're just a fly on the wall to, to, to create, uh, to, to capture it. And I think that's what resonates to people that watch Bitchin' Rides is they see what we do day in and day out. We go to work. Uh, we have fun building stuff. We do run into snags every once in a while, and that's the reality of it, uh, you know, for your reality TV label. And and after that, we just have fun and we do our thing. I yeah. don't have deadlines, and I don't uh, and I and I and I don't have a bunch of drama here. And, yeah. Uh, well, you've I inspired you've inspired the greatness in a lot of yeah. not only young talent, but some of the seasoned folks out there. And and that's that's what's cool. Uh, I I have to bring another name, John Gardner TV. John Gardner is another great guy. Chippewa College, Greg. He's been on the show. Here's an automotive instructor, Dave. Instructor of the Year, actually Professor of the Year down at Chippewa, down in Florida, and he does a straight-ahead 
it's almost yeah. something that you may, of course, his, his channel translates over to YouTube. And it really, this is what we need. Like, this is going to, if we're going to have any hope in, in inspiring the future. I mean, right. yeah, people want to see, nobody wants a perfect story. Some of that, like you said, Dave, you're going to have a little conflict. It's just who we are. This is the real deal. But at the end of the day, you are inspiring a movement. I want to thank you for that. Yeah. Oh, th- thank you. And, and so, but uh, we want to get deeper. We want to get deeper. Dave, I want you to hang. We got a quick break, but I do want to ask you a question. Like a lot of creatives, and in fact, hey, let's call it automotive technicians, mechanics, welders, sometimes there's a mental block, and we want to dive into that next segment. Hang tight, Ranch Nation. 52% of the population family are women. We love you, ladies, but less than 3% of you women are professional technicians. Charity partner Tech Force Foundation believes if we want to solve this little technician shortage, we need to start talking to 52% of these ladies out in the population. Head on over. If you feel like you can tinker with the best of them, head on over to techforce.org. You know, when we're talking about a relationship in a business, we're talking about not only relationship with your clients, but also relationship with those folks that are working hard to help promote your business. TheMailShark.com. Many of you have marketing plans in place now that are kind of shaky. You're not getting the return that you want. TheMailShark.com. Print and direct mail made easier. They will get the job done for you. You want to talk about increasing your car count, whether you're a general repair shop or special shop they have a solution for you themailshark.com there's never any money up front they give you the ability to mail and pay weekly talk about helping a small business cash flow with over 16 direct mail products with both paper and plastic options they will keep your marketing fresh and one of the things i enjoy working with mail shark is they have absolute world-class customer service print and direct mail made easy give my friends at mail shark a call today the mail Vision collision. God forbid you get into an accident or you get a little bumper, fender, bender, slight, or even if you've got that shopping cart that ends up scratching the side of your newer ride. My friends at Vision Collision, they're certified. They deal with insurance companies, but also what I really like is they were able to deal with my situation. I didn't want to exercise my insurance. And I paid out of pocket and they gave me a very fair price with quality work. So for any complete auto body paint and repair, you want that small business, the heart of business that treats you one-on-one. Vision Collision, 480-248-9049, visioncollision.com. When you're thinking about body shop or collision work, paint repair, dent repairs, collision, wheel restoration, Vision Collision is the way to go. Tell them Frank at Wrench Nation sent you, 480-248-9049, 480-248-9049, Vision Collision. Right on, welcome back, Wrench Nation. Appreciate you guys. Uh, midweek here at 88.7 The Pulse, hanging with us for the live show if you haven't, please get on over to uh, some of the social. Uh, you can find Ranch Nation all over, ranchnation.tv. Hey, pass, pass the goodness if you like the show. Hey, if you hate the show, we love you too. We love you anyway. But we can't love you unless you have some input about what you would like to see differently. It's all good. You rock. Uh, listen, man, get on over. Ken Diggett. Dot com for details. Also, people, if you're, gosh, I, I don't, a lot of you have seen it, Bitchin' Rides, if you're new to the arena. Or young. Uh, and uh, haven't yeah, heard that's about what it. I'm saying. Yep. Like, it, it, I mean, when you got a guy like Will Lockwood going through and the rest of the team, uh, but you guys can check that out on Motor Trend TV for a nice deep dive into that. Dave Kindig, welcome back to the show. Rock in. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a little you bit of it. talking about beer and orange juice earlier, and I'm like, yeah, beer sounds pretty good. I know. And, and some of these maniacs will mix the orange juice right. with beer. It's all good. Uh, we did mention uh, before break, uh, of course, how you come up and really uh, reminds me of Magnus Walker. Magnus Walker has a great TEDx talk. And what he says is gut. A lot of you get analysis paralysis. You deep down inside believe in what you're doing. Dave, you believed in what you were doing and you transitioned and you built your own 
your own, uh, not only your vision, but a great tribe at Kindigit Design. Magnus Walker talks about that gut, like go with the gut. Sometimes we can overthink things. And in relationship to that, do you ever get to sit down at the drawing board, fresh, clean slate, and struggle with a design for a client? And, and if you do, man, where's your zen? Like, how do you overcome that? You know, I, I don't think I've ever struggled with one. It was funny as somebody had asked me the other day, have you ever built something for somebody and they just absolutely hated it? And I said, no, I, I have not. Um, wow. You know, I've, I've always kind of imagined what it could be. And when I design a car for somebody, I, you know, I kind of ask what they like and colors and I start thinking and they have ideas. And, and it's up to me to make sure that we're, you know, doing the car to where it doesn't look goofy or going to be out of style real quick. And I, I really like to build in something that's a little bit more on the classic side. But certainly I like to move things around and make it interesting um, to where it doesn't look like just an average car with a, you know, a set of chrome bumpers that have been pulled in tight. Um, so it's all in the little details. I really do appreciate the, the guys in my shop to build a car that's so nice that anybody that ever uh, gets under the dash to work on anything is scared completely out of their mind to even touch it, and it usually just comes back, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> well, talking about projects, I need to chime in on this future liner. How long and yes. big was that thing? Uh, so the, the measurements on that uh, vehicle was uh, 33 feet long, 8 feet wide, uh, oh. 11 and a half feet tall. It weighed 35,000 pounds. Wow. It took 39,000, or I'm sorry, 37,000 hours to build. Wow. 37,000 uh, hours. hours. Yeah. It's a, it's a ton. And in comparison, you know, like the Copper Caddy was probably closer to like 6,500-ish. Oh, wow. And so just the amount of, I mean, there was anywhere from 5 to 12 people working on that future liner at any given time. Wow. And, uh, you know, we had, a, we had a wonderful crew that was building it. Uh, they did an awesome job. It finished out. It did everything that they wanted to. And then Rick said, sell it for me. So I did. <laughs> so what was, what <laughs> we were accomplished some, it. What were some of the major details and challenges? I mean, Dave, you're paying tribute to Art Deco. I yeah. mean, I, I, this had to been, because you mentioned prior that this was almost a trigger next step, next, next level for Bitchin' Rides. How did you, I mean, was this just another challenge like you look at these cars as challenges that you want to create and certainly meet the demand of the client in front of you and, and what they're looking for this future line was that like out of nowhere for you it was completely out of nowhere in fact i typically <laughs> don't restore anything i'm, I'm and, and it was funny is actually when rick first uh, uh commissioned me to do it uh, he flew us out to uh gil uh is it gilmore gilroy Gilroy. Michigan, Michigan, uh, yeah. where the automotive and uh, truck museum is, and he had that vehicle was on display or it was on uh, loan to the uh, National Automotive and Truck Museum to use uh, for a template for number eleven or number ten that they built. And what was interesting is we got out there and we looked at it and we was like, yeah, there, there's enough here to build. Absolutely, we went out there to 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 give a thumbs up. We were going to customize that. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> like full-on hot rod it, <laughs> down low, black and silver. It was going to have oh. – because uh, he owned a, a tech company uh, called Fusion I.O., which we built the black and silver 62 bus, the uh, 23-window bus for a long time ago. And what he wanted to do is a full interactive uh, uh, display vehicle for uh, different uh, conventions that we would go to. But it just so happened that he had – sold the business in the mid, in the midst of acquiring this uh, future liner. So at that point, uh, Amy, his wife, and him had done a lot of research, and they're like, hey, this is way too important of a piece to to customize. Uh, let's, let's restore it. And I was like, you know, I've already been good friends with Rick anyway, and I was like, absolutely, whatever you want to do. Wow. So, well, I would have loved to have seen that thing aired out laying on some 24 <laughs> Dewey's or something. <laughs> that would have been different. Is there any, Greg, Dave, is there anything regarding the future liner that has been sort of, pimped out a certain style of way or is it always i've been never, left i've, I've never, never seen, seen it dave custom. what i mean no ours, right ours as far as uh, as far as it sits right now and i haven't really been doing any new research uh, in the last couple of years on it but to date there was only three ours was the third one that was restored there's one in sweden right now that's been restored over the last 10 years and they're not done uh that i'm aware of but out of the three, Ron Pratt's was the first one that sold in 07 uh, to Ron Pratt. It was yep. built out of Canada. Not exact, but it was obviously something that just stopped everybody in their tracks. I had no idea what they were looking at, including myself. I was actually at Barrett-Jackson the year that that sold uh, back in 2006 or 2007. And, and what was really cool is the, uh, to, to get an opportunity to build something like that, 
and to, but to do it completely right, even down to the wiring was all cloth covered wiring. We had to do everything basically just like the original. Um, we made some improvements, but it was hidden behind the panels uh, for the electrical to make sure to ensure it didn't burn down A, B, that it would work you know, reliably uh, for the light bar and so forth. But other than that, the original motor was re- rebuilt and put back in there. Uh, we were able to source a Allison J35 jet engine and do a cutaway. Uh, back east, the, yeah. the company back there did it, and it was just amazing to get everything to come together the way it did. Wow. You guys can get onto the uh, gallery section of kindigit.com, K-I-N-D-I-G-I-T.com. Well worth perusing. Yeah. Uh, just amazing vehicles. But this particular uh, 39 Future Liner, uh, and, and did you did you say that overseas is at it for 10 years and you guys got it done in 22 months? That. I mean, <laughs> 10 years, not done months. yet. We were hurrying. <laughs> I was going to say, but uh, are they calling uh, the Kindergarten tribe and saying, hey, uh, what, how did you get, you know, how did you guys, I mean, gosh, that's, uh, it is a rarity. That's like, gosh. It was. Yeah. It was. And I was so glad to be done with it, though, too, because it was such a cool piece. But, man, you put that much time into a vehicle, and it's like uh, taking up five spots of hot rods in the metal shop. And we basically had to build a room around it uh, using uh, wow. uh, curtains. Uh, just so we could, you know, we we sandblasted in there. We we body worked in there. I mean, it was just a, a cleaning nightmare. I put a full evacuation uh, air system makeup in there. Uh, because it was so big, there was no way we could paint it here. I actually had to uh, rent a booth that does uh, diesels. And uh, we painted it out there in a pretty pretty grungy place, but it worked. You so made it happen. Yeah. I mean, I got to say, for those that are saying Future Liner, what are they talking about? You guys got to remember, way back before, well, TV, early days of TV, and definitely social media wasn't around. We read right. our newspapers. and But the GM Future Liner was really a unique group of custom vehicles out of the whole house of the renowned uh, Harley Earl. And the yeah. way to promote, like right now, Elon Musk, he's going to go on a future blast mode or whatever he's doing with Tesla. He gets on a Twitter. You guys know about it. He gets on a social. But back in the day, yeah. so they had this pretty cool parade of progress. Yes. And basically, yep. they went touring to say, hey, these are some of the things that we're looking future. Some of them didn't come into production, and that was cool. But that future liner, and, and, and that's what makes it really neat, Dave. Dude, you're part of that history. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you. You know, this actually is so funny. Is the so the original of twelve uh, future liners, the one that actually had the longest line. There was a guy in there that could cook an egg in this box <laughs> with no water and not boiling. <laughs> it was the first microwave. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to get into future technologies, there's certain things along the way uh, that get discovered. Like, okay, here's a new patent. Yeah, let's try it. <laughs> let's fry an egg <laughs> over the radiator or whatever have you. Uh, but I believe that was uh, the four cylinder diesel, right? Didn't they? That was kind so, of the platform. Yeah. yeah? So actually, the the original future liners were actually. Uh, built in 1939, they had a bubble top, and you can actually, if you're looking at any uh, footage or any pictures of the originals, they had bubble tops, no flat top of the roof. The second generation after World War II, they pulled them back in and made some corrections. They pulled the four-cylinder diesel out and put in a, a 302 straight-six GMC truck motor, which had a whopping 176 horsepower. Wow. Inline six, hot, hot rod. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they took out the manual transmission and put in a hydromatic automatic military uh, uh, transmission and a gear vendor. Yeah, hydromatic was a big deal back then. Yeah. It was huge. I mean, that well, that, that was be. like cutting edge, <laughs> no doubt. All right, right. so you, you you guys are hanging in the shop. You seem is coming. We look, seem is around the corner. We're going to talk about that. Maybe we'll get some secrets, uh, but or some <laughs> last minute stuff. But I, I want to bring, I want to regroup here because um, th- there are a lot of folks, and, and they are not necessarily in the automotive business, but they're grinding. They are grinding. They'll do whatever it takes to make it happen, and they're grinding. But you and I both know if we don't keep a balance, especially with family, if we got immediate family in the tribe and we're grinding, whatever have you, 12, 15, 18, burning midnight oil, and don't have that balance, things can go awry. How do you and the crew in the tribe, when, what do you, I mean, what, what soup du jour for you guys to say, you know what, we're taking off, and this is, what, this is how we're going to zen out? Talk to us about that balance of your culture. Well, you know, I think we're finding a much better balance after 22 years. But when you're <laughs> very young and you're super hungry and excited and trying to make a name for yourself and get ahead of the game and, and be something that's of sub- substance in the industry, um, you know, I think the one that uh, the one kid of mine that suffered was the one that was only two weeks old when I started my business. I nurtured my business like, like, like 
crazy. And Drew, uh, you know, he I didn't really he wasn't left out, but I certainly didn't spend as much time with him as I did at the shop. And I and I have that. That's probably one of the biggest regrets, even though now, uh, you know, he didn't work for me until just uh, about a year ago. Uh, and uh, now he's, you know, kind of in charge with uh, a couple other guys building all of my door handles. Yeah. So he was working at Boeing and did really wonderful. They had layoffs, and so we hired him up, and he's engaged to get married. Super proud of him. We worked together. We high five, had lunch, you know, have lunch together, and awesome. and of course Bailey's been here since she was 16. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's just a and my wife, of course. Well, I always joke that she's semi-retired because she can just stay home and do her work from there. Yeah, so. but we know, we know, we know she's keeping you in line, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> she is the big boss. Dude, it resounds with me. My first garage in the mid-90s, I missed the first five years of my daughter's life. I, I think we have a hard time. Like, And not everyone can resonate with this. Like, you, There's such a drive. When you mention you're young, you're hungry, I just had this conversation. Where does hunger stop? I was talking to somebody at the garage today. Like, where does hunger start or uh, stop to where family starts initially, right? When you're, you're a young 20-something, I think some of you can resound with that. You, you're just on a mission. And, uh, I mean, in hindsight, there's nothing we can do, Dave. I'm not trying to take us back and, and recount, uh, you know, what would we do differently? I mean, here we are today, and that's that. But, yeah, some of that is it is the blood, sweat, and tears of it is. it's just and, your and chisel focus. Cases, yeah, and in some cases, honestly, uh, you know, a, a few may fall slightly behind or to the wayside for a moment. But, I, you know, certainly I love my family. I've got a wonderful family. Charity and I have been together coming up on uh, 32 years next year, 30 years married. And uh, we've got two wonderful kids. They're healthy. They're happy. They've got homes. They don't live with me. Thank God. Um, <laughs> and well, the holidays and are I'm coming. I'm so proud of them. They're, they're, they've got just so much uh, personality. They're fun. I mean, we, we, we go to the bars together and just hang out. We, we vacation together. It's it's absolutely a, a dream come true. The the family that I've got is just amazing. Yeah, well, you know, I think some That's of great. it too is like I, I do go back into more of the creative art artisan space. Whether you're welding or you're working with, uh, uh, I think Greg Ovis, we talked to Mr. Lockwood about yep. 3D CAD, all of that. And oh, and yeah. by the way, he had mentioned that was a big transition for you guys when we <laughs> when we had that interview. You that was like overnight. Wow, we can now do this more efficient or can you talk to us a little bit about that dave that whole technology side really was a game changer in productivity and so on and maybe even we can't find that part that's a big deal right right you know what's so funny and and i and i still now i look back and kind of chuckle at it but i remember oh this has been at least five years ago six years ago the guy's coming up and saying, hey, we should get a CNC machine. Hey, we should get a, you know, a 3D scanner. Hey, we should get a 3D printer. And it's like, you guys build stuff. You build everything as one of one. Why do we need to put that much time into you know, creating something on a CAD program and then making it and this and that and the other? It's just like, at first I was really like going, okay, well, everybody just wants to geek out. But we're not going you know, to win the battle by uh, playing Battleship. You're going to actually have to build something. Well, fast forward, uh, our Faro 3D scanner, I use that uh, at least two to three times a week, wow. uh, scanning the back end of a car to develop and design very quickly brand new taillights that will be one of one, or I can make them a production piece. Yeah. The CNC machines, uh, one of which I use for the door handle production, the other one is constantly cutting custom door handles for interiors, trim, that type of stuff. The mill, the lathe, all of that stuff. All of my guys in the metal shop know how to run that. The 3D printer uh, from, from Stratasys is like used and it runs almost 24 hours a day, almost seven days a week. Dave, technology is Dave, your friend. Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to wow. take a quick break. We want to come back, talk a little bit about SEMA. What's the crew, the gang working on last minute? What uh, maybe has got some hairs uh, standing straight up? I want you guys to stay tuned, Branch Nation.
Bench Nation. Car talk, car culture, car tips, car music, all that is car. Right on. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Hanging out with uh, Greg Ovist, GsUp.com, and honored to have Dave Ken Dig. He's hanging in the wings. Dave, welcome back, partner. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I uh, So uh, Midnight Oil is burning for a lot of folks uh, throughout the industry, especially uh, your tribe putting out some amazing builds. Before we get into some of the things that uh, are premiering, hopefully we can talk about that at SEMA. Uh, what right now eludes you uh, a, a great musician is trying to find their way through a particular song and they they practice it and they practice it and they practice it and it just doesn't sound right a great builder a designer does his gig and builds and is happy but there is something out there dave that eludes you what car would you like to just tear it up and put <laughs> The Ken Diggett stamp on. Can we ask you what eludes you? What is yeah. what? Yeah. So when I built the Mercedes Gullwing, I was so geeked out on that thing. I wanted one so bad. I actually tried buying that car from Rich, and he wouldn't sell it to me. <laughs> and then I did some research because we had basically developed, redeveloped that entire body, and I was like, I just got to, I think I'm going to build these. I want to build this as a turnkey type vehicle. And then I did a little more research, and I ran into the pictures of some poor chap in uh, uh, England that was having his cars removed off of the chassis in his workshop and also his uh, molds being crushed by Mercedes and the lawyers. I remember wow. that. I remember reading that. Wow. So, yep. I was over that one really quick because the amount of money that it takes to build a one-off car or a turnkey-type car, uh, is, a, is it's an extreme amount of money and effort and time and on top of everything else in our build schedule. But I did have a second, uh, well, not really a second love, but an equal love. Uh, I've always been very fond of the romance, the body shape, and the characteristics of the 1953 Corvette. Nice, nice. And if you remember last season, uh, we were building a plug car, and then we pulled molds off of that to have Doug's custom uh, performance Corvettes up in Oregon, which was CRC before, uh, to build carbon fiber bodies. Wow. Sitting on Roadster shop chassis and powered by a Lingenfelter 673-horsepower LS7 with LS3 heads and 8-stack injection. (laughs) Say that twice. Cars (laughs) you actually going to be at the SEMA show. Oh, nice. We're going to look forward to that. Big time. Big time. Uh, So so SEMA's coming. Uh, You are... I mean, as it, it, it seems probably not something. I mean, it's a big deal. It never kind of goes away. That's like the grand poobah of, of uh, all things eye candy and industry specialty uh, manufacturing and, and so on. Uh, of course, I have to shout out Industry Apex. That's the Automotive Aftermarket Parts Expo. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great retail industry, the parts side of, of what's going on. Um, before SEMA and what you're bringing and, and some of the details in the shop, for those that are looking to do a build, what advice would you have? I mean, how are you interviewing folks? Of course, that takes place. What do you see that could be a big mistake if I or Greg comes to you and, and, and just has this whole different sense of non-reality? What advice would you give me if I'm on a journey to whether it's you or, or any restoration shop, how do I go about that with some sensible approach? I think to be sensible and to be open-minded, um, anybody that's doing a good job is going to charge you by the hour. They're not going to quote you for the car. Uh, if they're intending on ripping you off, it's likely you're going to give a huge down payment because um, you're probably not going to get your car. Um, I would always look for references. And to understand anybody that's building a good quality car, most people, and uh, it's... It's a difficult one because I always hate to kiss and tell, and I don't. Um, my cars are extremely expensive, and if you are interested in a car built by us, it is a, it's pretty much an open checkbook. Yeah, Fair I mean, and, I, and we can respect that. Yeah. I, I think uh, that's up front, and I think uh, you said something that resounds, and I, I, you know, I know we're, we're, we're discussing some of these great uh, restorations, these builds, and, and just amazing art, rolling art that you have. But it's the same in the retail industry. You guys go to your local, uh, maybe you're new to a particular place. All those things you mentioned, worthy. Do your research. But one thing you said that really, really resonates, if anyone asks for that big deposit. You know, Dave, I got I to gotta use this as an example because we got a lot of folks that maybe, obviously, they're intimidated by car repair and visiting the mechanic. 
But I, I use an engine, for example. If someone is quoting you, and, and I know this is way beyond what what you're doing, Dave. I mean, uh, you, you have a whole different realm. But in the reality of what somebody's engine that's blown, and they answer to an ad that says, starting at twelve ninety nine, yeah. and they ask you for a $1,100 deposit, <laughs> and the fine print says, uh, and, and then you come pick up your car because they've called back straight up, wait and switch, and, uh, man, we found this. Camshafts need to be replaced. Uh, you need new jugs. And, and it's way beyond the common person's head and they say uh, it is forty two hundred dollars to get this done right the deposit factor that you just mentioned yeah it, it, a reputable in my opinion yeah obviously we're a little bit on the apples and orange side because a car being built by me i'm going to probably ask for a hundred and fifty thousand dollar deposit but that's how much the parts are yeah and of I can't course start without yeah. a chassis a motor transmission air conditioning wiring kit you know, all of the things that we would need to actually start the project. And, and a lot of times I'll actually find the vehicle for them. Um, it, 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 it's kind of funny in the sense that there's the, the, I guess, the mentality between getting on a commercial flight and being in the very back of the airplane and you saved a lot of money on the, on the ticket, being in the front in first class and being pampered for all the way across the country, you know, uh, or being on a private jet. Sure. You're all flying. Um, but to some people, when you tell them that the, a car has been built and, you know, you, you, you might start your bills at $500,000, most people are like, I, my house isn't even that much. Yeah. And so I'm not necessarily it's – a, it's a terrible conversation to have with somebody that has no idea how much a car like that costs. They may love cars. They may want something like that. But in reality, most, most people don't have any idea how much something like that could cost. Um, but, uh, you know, at, at, at the hourly – you know, rate of, you know, X amount and you got 4,000 plus hours in building plus $100,000 to $150,000 on average to buy parts. Yeah. It gets really, it, it adds up. But I think what you're, what you're saying, and for a lot of you that are sort of, you know, just exploring that whole consumer experience, there is value in how you decide what's right for you. Right. right. And, and mm -hmm. the fact is, um, we would all want to fly first class, but it's okay. It's okay. The fact is, as a consumer, and, and you're dealing uh, in an element of such wonderful cre creative and doing things right, attention to detail, the choice of having that and having that conversation, I think that's the key takeaway for folks is to have that conversation. And there is some of those uh, strum you along I'm going to just say it. I'll get hate on it. I really don't care. It's like contractors. I had a house built up north, and it was like deposits for this before they even finished this phase. It was deposits, and this was not finished. And, that. Right. and next thing you know, I got a smorgasbord of sloppy this, the roof. Yep. You know, so I think your point, Dave, well taken. Whatever scale you're on for value, have the conversation up, up front. Because I think at the end of the day, Dave, you're saying, I want to protect your wallet. But I also want to protect my reputation. Okay. That's yeah. the bottom line. Well, I'm going to build a great car, and I'm, I'm, that's what I'm in the business for is to do that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not the best guy at trying to save you a couple bucks because I'm, I'm more interested in building a great car and with yeah. uh, you know, great work and, and great people. It costs money. Yeah, no doubt. And that's awesome so, to be. But my to, focus has yeah. never been on the money. It's always been about the art. Absolutely. And, uh, and I think that's what resonates is, you know, anybody that's wanting me to build an over-the-top car, uh, they already know it's going to be expensive. We get rid of the uh, – or we go through the un uncomfortable stuff of the what-ifs and the an approximate budget that they expect. And, uh, and then after that, it's just – it is what it is. Yeah. So, hey, Dave, before we wrap up, I need to know what you're bringing to SEMA. And, uh, you know, just so you know, there's only 14 days left. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's actually less than that. Is it really? <laughs> I got to be there Saturday oh, morning. He's the week before. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So we've got some wonderful stuff. Um, the 51 Ford F1. So SEMA last year didn't happen. Of course, everybody knows right. that. And I don't. I, I don't want to show the same cars, you know, year after year. Uh, so I try and take the vehicles only one time. Well, with, since we didn't have SEMA last year, I've got an abundance. So I'm actually taking eight vehicles. I've got a, the 51 Ford, uh, the burgundy one with the kind of copper uh, engine. Uh, that'll be in uh, Borla's booth. 
Wow. Uh, the Mint Julep, the 66 Corvette for our good friend down in your neck of the woods. Uh, his is going to be in Wax Shine by Kindig, my uh, new polished line. Nice. Uh, the 5323 Window Barn Door Deluxe Bus, which you haven't seen until episode six, uh, or five and six, so don't say anything. <laughs> we won't. <laughs> It'll we be won't. There. <laughs> you don't know nothing. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> right. Uh, the 50 Hebmuller will be there, also in my booth. Uh, the 65 Mustang that we built for the Optima Challenge, that'll be down there. The convertible 67 C10. And oh, then yeah. two of my 53 carbon fiber Corvettes, one in Lingenfelter's booth and one in mine. Man, it's like a refined art gallery, man. Right? You can do all kinds. I mean, beautiful. And Dave's just oh, I'm the, so pumped. the curator of all of them. Yeah, well, we'll be we'll be out there, uh, and uh, we're just honored to have you on. Big hugs to the tribe at Ken Diggit. You. you guys uh, sure. do amazing work. Respectable on TV. Bitchin' Rides and Motor Trend. You guys check it out if you haven't. And please visit KenDiggit.com. Uh, Dave, an honor to have you on. Thank you for joining Wrench Nation. Thanks, Greg and Frank. I appreciate you guys. Have a good one. We'll see you down at SEMA. Yep. Yo, baby. SEMA's coming, people. Oh, my gosh. It's coming at the last minute. Um, you guys uh, catch uh, the replay if you just dipped in a little late. Uh, we'll have that on KFNX on Saturday. And, of course, the podcast. Hang with us. As I tell you, maniacs, every week, be safe. Hug each other and never forget to hug a mechanic. Kiss me hard before you go. Summertime sadness I just wanted you to know The baby, the best I got my red dress